scores! Gilmore scores! Off the glass, and left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Rebound, another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts! Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. All right, we are underway on this Friday, September 8th. This hour of Flames Talk is getting going from the Veranda patio in the Curry Barracks. Uh, We're hanging out here at Veranda for uh, the entire hour and uh, all of our Friday installments of Flames Talk. Steinberg Vickers along with you. Hello, Vicks. Hello, Patrick. How we doing? Good. Not a bad spot to uh, talk some Flames hockey later this hour. Brett uh, Brett Cron's going to join us. little B-Cron, 3-Cron before uh, we wrap up the hour. Lots to get to with Croner. You can get Flames Talk on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, But we are now, as we sit here on this Friday, September 8th, one week from Calgary's first preseason game. Now, it is a rookie camp, Penticton Young Stars classic preseason game, but I still think that counts as the preseason. Uh, It'll be the Flames and Canucks on Friday night. They'll play three games at the Young Stars classic before coming back and getting main training camp underway. So rookie camp starts in just days time. Are you excited? Is is Aaron Vickers excited and ready to go? I mean, I'm one of the few, I shouldn't say few people, but I really love burning through August and getting to September because that means hockey season's coming around. Like, give me July all day. But once it flips to August, just bump me to September so we can get back into ranks doing what we love. So, yeah, you can say I'm excited. Excited to hop into a car with you, head down to the Young Stars, get a first-hand look at some of the uh, youth of the Calgary Flames that will be competing for potentially roster spots uh, come October when the season gets underway. So definitely a lot to uh, to talk about, a lot to get to, and Let's get at it. Uh, what about you on the text line? If you are listening right now, are you excited for the start of the season? Is this something? And I get it because I think there is a, a healthy dose of pe- pessimism in some circles. And, and I I can even understand why there's some pessimism going into this season, mainly because of how much of a nightmare last season was, how difficult that season was to watch as a fan uh the negativity the and it wasn't just negativity when it comes to the on ice results it was just the overall negativity that seemed to surround the team nobody seemed like they were having fun it was just a nightmare year when talking about results and not being able to find ways to win and i know that some people aren't thrilled with coaching hire or gm hire or whatever there seems to be some pessimism out there but i also think there's a a great deal of uh, of excitement that exists in some quarters and and some factions of this group of fans because a it's a new season everything's equal but b and this is the thing that i've tried to get in touch with myself and and i'm going to try to convey the best i can over the next month or so couple months as we go into the season but Like, remember how excited we were one year ago? Remember what the buzz was like and people were making Summer of Brad t-shirts and, you know, it was uh, Brad early on in training camp. He said, yeah, I don't care about the summer. That doesn't matter. It's all about... And, and, and But the, the excitement was pal- palatable and there were new contracts and Kadri was here and Huberdo was here and, you know, they had done such a great job of mitigating after Johnny Gaudreau left and Matthew Kachuk got traded and there was a feel that this team could be better than the team that existed the year prior and the, and the team that went to round two. So 
I'm trying to get in touch with that because other than the coach and the GM and one or two player moves and Toffoli being the most significant, we're not talking about all that different a makeup of a team. So why... And, and we know last year's team underachieved, right? We know mm-hmm. that last year's team failed to meet expectations by about 200 degrees. So why can't we go back to where we were a year ago and say, you know what, with a new coach and less of a dark cloud and less of ne- the, all the negativity, maybe this can be the season that we all were hoping last season was going to be or something closer to it anyway well i think the reason for optimism is is just in what you said and everything went wrong last season you want to talk about okay look back to the 2022-2023 season what positive storylines did we run through what did we run with like what happened that was really good for the calgary flames there's very few and far between you can talk about late season debuts for the likes of matt coronado dustin wolf but we're talking literally the last week of the season there. I don't know if there was a whole lot that went right for the Calgary Flames last year to get excited about. And I think because of that, so many guys had such off years. Um, you can take that negative energy and flip it around and make it a positive. Because as you mentioned, last year at this time, there was a buzz. There was an energy. It was hot Brad summer. And everything just nosedived about, what, three weeks to a month into the season. And then it was all right, well, can't string more than three wins together, and the goaltending hasn't lived up, and, and the guy that just received the highest contract in franchise history isn't producing, and, yep. and you know, that there's an injury here, so on and so forth. So I think that because everything went so wrong, the odds of it happening back-to-back seasons would be absolutely alarming, and so that's one reason for optimism or excitement that I have at this point. The other one is in the changes that we have seen with Craig Conroy, who is the most energetic man, what word would you use to describe Craig Conroy? I'm, I'm I'm trying to find it and I can't quite grasp it. So what 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 would the definition be? Well, he just beams positivity. There's Effer- no bad Effer- days. Effervescent. Sure, that'll work. I'll Effervescent. use that one. Effervescent. Uh, energetic's good. Um, contagious. I don't know. Contagious. You know what? I'll I'll okay. write that okay. one down as contagious. And the same for me goes with Ryan Huska. And my uh, conversations that I've had with him, both since being hired, conversations when he's been an assistant with the Flames. There's reason for optimism. I don't want to necessarily sit here on Friday, September 8th and, and grasp at straws and tell Flames fans, this is why you should be excited and this is why you should be excited, but this is why I'm curious about the 2023-24 edition of the Calgary Flames. Uh, on the text line at 960-960, we're going to engage you in, uh, uh, in just a couple of minutes as well, but I uh, want to read you a few of these texts. Uh, this says, Hot Prad Summer. Damn, was this fan base hurting about Johnny and Matthew piecing out? That comes from Matt and Cochran. Uh, this says, I'm waiting to see. Last year, the Flames had no real injuries to deal with. Can Lightning strike twice? In fairness, two straight years where they didn't really have a whole lot of injury issues. Just Tanev the- over and over and over. Yeah, Tanev had uh, four or five trips to the injured list. Uh, but for the most part, they were fairly healthy. Uh, the year prior, other than Monaghan, and they were pretty healthy uh, for most of the season. Uh, this from Claude, Pat, Aaron. I'm excited to hear Brass Bonanza and the new color voice on radio. Who will they be? I'm also excited to not see Markstrom smash sticks. Uh, I don't have an answer for you on the new color voice. Uh, we we don't know as of yet. Um, that that continues to be a work in progress. Um, not seeing Marky stress smash sticks, Markstrom smash sticks. That would be a significant step forward because it would probably mean uh, we're talking about a much better year year for jacob markstrom um 
This says, I'm always excited to see the Flames on the ice again. And Wedley says, congrats to Lubo on his new Flames role. Flames Twitter experts are always mad, but I'm excited for a new year. Yes, as we wait for a new color voice of the Flames, the former color voice of the Flames, Peter Labardi is joining the Flames in a uh, scouting role, which was pretty neat to see on this Friday, as well as uh, a reserveless scout as they announce some new additions to the organization. That's pretty cool. And uh, you can go to the Flames website for a few more details on that um, and uh, some of the other new hires including peter labardi's which was uh which was uh cool to see i want to get into i wanted to read those on the text line at 969.60 because i now wanted to get into we did that fun you know pros and cons exercise uh with elias lindholm on thursday's uh, flames talk so i want to do another exercise because they're fun i enjoy them i just engage the text line 969.60 you as well like Give me a give me a player or two that you are really optimistic about or really excited about coming into the season. Give me a player that you're feeling really good about or you think could have a breakout season or a monster season or a career season, all those types of things. Um, I'm curious as to to who we, who would you who would you point to first if I were to ask you that question. So which I have a, I just have. I have a couple and I'm going to cheat a little bit on the first one because this one I'm just very curious about so that's kind of like a, a fence it right there but i'm really curious what walker doer might be able to do over an 82 game schedule he had seven goals in 27 games last season that translates to a 21 goal pace over 82 games now i'm not going to sit here and say walker doer good for 20 put it down bank on it but that again 27 games he tied lucic's output he bested both richie's peltier and the really curious thing when you dig through the stats is his goals per 60 were the highest on the team at 1.57, and his points per 60 were also best at 2.47. And I just remember seeing him on the ice, very, very direct player, but he's got speed, he's got shot, he's got hands. And I'm curious what uh, an energetic, youthful fourth line might look like with Walker Dewar on one side. Again, it's way too early to sort of pick out who's going to be playing where and whatnot. And to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he found his way up a little bit higher in the lineup as one of the rare right shots on the team. Okay. But I really liked what I saw out of him and what I would kind of call a limited role in sort of a mid to late season audition and just digging through some of the numbers and, and just watching him play. And I remember that game against Arizona, I think it was where he had that beautiful goal and he had a couple of those highlight real type goals. I just wonder if, there might be more to his game than I initially gave him credit for even before uh, his 27 games last season. Curious to see what he's about. What, what, so do you, do you think that a spot higher up the depth chart is in line for him? I mean, we'll have to go through training camp and all of that, but if he, and again, I'm not going to say he's going to produce 20 goals, but if he can find a way to be productive and add that secondary scoring, being one of those rare right shots where it's him Coronado, Lindholm. Lindholm. Am I missing anybody? There's just so. those. Trevor Lewis is gone. Trevor Brett Lewis Ritchie's is gone. gone. So, I mean, if there is an opportunity and you want to bump him up in the lineup a little bit, if he does find a little bit of swagger and a little bit of production, I don't think you should put a ceiling on him immediately, you know, two weeks before training camp and say it's fourth line or nothing for Walker Dewar. If he earns the opportunity and can find a way to still be aggressive on the four check and do some of those little things that he was asked to do last season – and pepper in some points. I don't see why you couldn't elevate him up the lineup. Well, and I mean, he got that new contract as a as a result of what I think that there's a. The I, one I, I I think that that when you take a look at the projection of what he can be, I'm 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 excited to see what Walker Doer is all about this year because uh, I I I see him as a 
an effective bottom six right winger. And and maybe he doesn't have to be a fourth-line right winger. Maybe he can be a guy who can play middle six on the right side. You talk about the uh, just overall scarcity of right shots mm-hmm. this team has at forward. Um, he's one of them. And and I think I think he's an everyday NHLer as of right now. I, in, unless unless he goes out and proves as otherwise, which I have no reason to believe he would, I everything that I saw from him last year suggests to me that he's a full-time NHLer and a guy that will be on this team from day one and playing in the lineup and, and you know, taking his regular shift on the right side somewhere on the third or fourth line right from day one. Because, you know, you take a look at how you talked about his goals per 60 points per 60. He was one of the most effective players with his ice time offensively last year. And I also think he just made a a positive impact mm-hmm. when he was out there on the ice. You know, he plays with pace. We know how important the Flames say pace is going to be to this year's squad and the way they want to play. So I, I see no reason why we couldn't be talking about him having a nice first full year in the NHL. He rubbed me a little bit like Garnet Hathaway when he first joined the Calgary Flames, and I don't think it's necessarily too far of a stretch to, to relate to that. Um we all no, know- that's, that's the comparison that I've been using a lot. Is I see a ton of right shot. Does, do, does a lot of things well, nothing spectacularly. Plays a little bit of physical edge, a little bit of uh, a little bit of snarl of the game. I think Dewar is a faster skater yep. than Hathaway is. Hathaway might add a little bit more of that a hole uh, type of vibe to the conversation. Maybe a little more willing to drop the gloves and th- that type of stuff. But I think they they profile as very similar players. Yeah, and so Garnet Hathaway in twenty one twenty two with a member of the as a member of the Washington Capitals after he signed that big uh, four year deal. I think it was a four year deal. He landed. You're not on four years, six million. He had fourteen. Four years. Sorry, my I was not. Uh, I was muted. Four years, six million. Yes. Yeah. Fourteen goals, twelve assists, twenty six points in seventy six games that year for Garnet Hathaway. If you could get something out of that, or even maybe a little bit north of that. Again, I don't want to oversell, but I don't want to understate the impact offensively that Walker Dewar had in those twenty seven games. But if you can get fifteen goals out of a bottom, you know, your your bottom six right winger that doesn't have a lot of NHL experience. Again, you, we're always talking about how are the Calgary Flames going to find offense or replace offense. Here's another candidate of a guy that was very productive, as you mentioned, the most productive per 16 goals and points, and now he's going to have an opportunity to play a full-time role. Uh, for me, there's two names that pop to mind right away. Okay. I, I feel like you might have one of them, so I'm going to go with the, the other one. Um, and, and it is one of the newest members of the team. I just, I, I with more opportunity and more faith in Yegor Sharangovich this year compared to the way things went last year in New Jersey. I just I feel like there's a ton of potential for what he could do this year. And and I think that I, I go back to Craig Conroy joining us the day that, that trade was made and him talking about how you know, this is a this is a guy they, they see having more offensive upside and they want to make sure they give him the opportunity to make good on that. And they want to give him the opportunity to show that, yeah, there is more offensive upside here, and we're going to put you in that type of spot to succeed, put you in a scoring role, give you some power play time with his shot, with the potential for some of the line mates that he might play with. I, I, I'm actually really excited and optimistic about what Sharon Govich could I'm not expecting him to replace the 70-plus points, point for point, that Tyler Toffoli had last year, but... I do think that he can give them a little bit of uh, a little bit more scoring pop and, and another guy that 
you know, you're a little bit more scared of as an opposing team when it comes to their shots. So I'm, I'm really excited about what he could be in year one with the Flames. Yeah, he's a guy over the first two seasons in the NHL scored, and this is over an 82-game schedule. He only played 56 games the first season. In his sophomore year, he played 76, but he scored at a 26-goal pace and somewhere between 45 and 50 points. So if he can sort of regain that form from his first two seasons and maybe not so much his 2022-2023 season where he had 30 points in 75 games, only scored 13 goals, the Calgary Flames would be happy if he's a 25-ish goal scorer. He's shown he can do it in the past. And if he gets that sort of plum assignment of being the opening day right winger with Jonathan Hubert over on the left side, Elias Lindholm down the middle, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to use that shot, which is his calling card. There's going to be some power play opportunity, I would imagine, for him to use that shot as well. If you can get him feeling good and feeling those vibes where he was a 25-goal yep. scorer, that's yep. going to be big for the Flames. Um Okay, who would uh, you said you had two? So well, I actually one was Walker. Three. Okay. I kind of went who three are you, different Derek, categories. Are you Derek Wills gonna give, give, Hey, give me one person. I'm gonna Over give you prepare, fifteen. Under deliver. That's my motto. Just, just kidding, Derek. You, it's just all out of love. Um, you, you, you. Who? who I'm is, gonna go Mackenzie Weger, and he's talked at length about it. We've talked at length about it. Really liked his second half. He came in a lot more settled, both with the, you know, city change, the on ice change, the off ice change really settled in, and I can see him giving Rasmus Anderson a run as the team's most valuable blue liner. He had 16 points in 32 games after the All-Star break, 16 of the 31. point That's half a point per game, Pat. His first 49 games, he was at .3 points per game. So he's coming back to a more familiar situation. He's got the momentum of the second half of the season. He's got the momentum of winning gold with Canada at the World Championship, being their best player. There's just certain elements to his game that I think are really going to pop off and really translate this season coming up to the point where he might be able to give Rasmus a shot, a run for that number one spot. See, and Rasmus is the guy for me yep. that I, I, uh, I, I think that we're talking about a guy, and we talked about him pretty at length earlier this week on Flames Talk, Logo and I did. But just to reiterate where I am, I take a look at Rasmus Anderson, and I don't, and this is no knock on Uyghur, who I don't think you're off base on at all. I just think with his age, the minutes he plays, the points that he's capable of playing, uh, putting up, the fact that he played the final 28 games of his season and missed three games dealing with an injury that affected him way more than we thought it did in the moment. I just think, you know, 60-plus points next year and 24 minutes a night in every situation and being in high-leverage spots in every situation, I, I just think that next year or this coming year has the potential, large potential, of Rasmus Anderson kind of arriving league-wide as a guy that people talk about. So, yeah, that's that's one of the best defensemen in the league. I, I really I do think that's what he's, he's capable of, and I don't think it's crazy to put him as one of the top 15 or 20 defensemen in the NHL entering the season right now and not to say that Uyghur's not of that similar caliber because he's a really good defenseman too I just think age-wise and the steps that we've seen Rasmus take over the last couple of years each and every year it just feels like if that 21-22 year was kind of the breakout year well I think that he's got breakout year two in him this year to kind of take that next step in the blue line echelon across the league the sequel I like it and you as you mentioned he had that unfortunate incident in Detroit where he was on a scooter and got hit by a car. He played really well considering all the things that we didn't necessarily know were affecting him over the longer yeah. term for that. So I can definitely understand your point of view of 
there might even be another gear for him to unlock. I'd be curious to see them as a pair together and see what they can do and how they can feed off each other because that will be key for the Calgary Flames, I think, establishing a true number one pairing that can you can throw out in all situations. And, and especially with the uncertainty around, okay, what's going to happen with Noah Hannafin and what are the pairs going to look like and what's the return and would you happen to get a defenseman back? I really like the thought of Mackenzie Weger and Rasmus Anderson together. Okay, who's your uh, who's number three of the 27 that you've picked? So I went kind of off the boat. It's Michael Backlund. Okay. Because contract year, we don't know whether or not, you know, this May he's going to be a member of the Calgary Flames or a different organization. Of all returning players, he led the Flames in scoring post-All-Star break with 27 and 32. We all know he had a career year, finished tied for third overall in team scoring. Again, his situation is a little more complicated, so I, I kind of buried him down the depth chart of players I'm curious about or players that I'm excited to see. But again, he was part of one of the league's best lines with Coleman and Manjapani. Um, you go to several advanced stats, they're either in the top three or they're top alone. And, you know, of lines to play at least 185 minutes together, that trio was top and expected goals for percentage. I'm curious what he can do as an encore and the, the questions that's going to hang over him. One is his contract status and whether or not he stays in Canada in, in Calgary, pardon me. And two is his age because, I mean, while he did have a career year, He's entering his mid-30s, so yeah. you wonder how repli- how much he can replicate that. Now, at the same time, he's always, what, top three in fitness testing and things of that sort as well, so maybe that's not so much an issue, but I'm just curious what Michael Backlund could do in what is potentially his last season with the Flames. Uh, the final, I, Because you came up with three, I'll just add okay. one more. I, I really... Another jump in points for Dylan Dubé seems really realistic this year. Uh, he has upped his point total each and every year. I think last year, had he been given more of a regular role and not Instead been of bounced kind of everywhere. All four lines, all three positions. Exactly. A, a little bit more of a steady position. I, I think we could have seen even higher point totals for him. I think Dubé getting more power play time next year, which I think he should and will with his coaching staff. I think he, he fits the way Mark Savard wants to run a power play well. I think that there's a lot of, I, I you know, Ryan Huska knows him well, all that type of stuff. So I think there's a good chance we see um, we see Dylan Dubé take another step points wise, and I just I, I think that him solidifying himself as a top six forward on this team, and and not is he top six or middle six? Is a is he a tweener? I think this is the year where Dylan Dubé top six forward. I think we're pretty. Uh, adamant about that coming out of this season i think that that's the next step for him i think it would behoove ryan huska and i guess the trickle down effect dylan dubay to find a spot for him and then leave him there because as you mentioned and alluded to he played top line left wing he played second line right wing he played third line left wing maybe some right at a certain time he fourth line center like he was so all over the lineup and he's the type of player that'll you know Whatever you need from me, coach, that's what I'll go do, and I'll go try and do it to the best of my abilities. But I do think that giving him a more stable role, a more permanent fixture, whether it be, you know, when you want to group two players together and then add a third to the line as opposed to trying to create a a three-way line, you need to give him more stability. You need to give him a more consistent message. And then I think the production and the overall game will follow. 
Um, let's read a few texts at 960, 960 as we're underway this hour on Flames Talk. Steinberg Vickers along with you. Uh, this says uh, Shillington hands down, uh, and I think that's a fair one. Uh, back after missing a year in the NHL, but he'll come back refreshed. He'll come back in a much better spot upstairs. He'll mm-hmm. come back with without the wear and tear of an NHL season under his belt. I don't think that you lose the... The, the the traits and attributes that Oliver Shillington has as a player just because you missed it. I don't think all of a sudden Shillington doesn't skate as well or doesn't read the game as well or anything like that. I, I think all of what made Oliver Shillington a breakout player two seasons ago still exists when he comes back this year. It might take him a little bit more time to get up to speed, but as Craig Conroy told us at Targets for Kids, remember when, when Conroy sat down with us, it's like, it's almost an even playing field because he's coming. He's, it's not like he's coming in midway through the season. Right. He's coming in to start training camp as is everybody else. So I'm, I'm a whole lot less worried about him having to get up to speed relative to anybody else. I, I think Oliver will be up to speed when the puck drops for the start of the regular season. So I think that's a really good submission on the text line. The physical tools will still be there. It's not like he's coming off a high ankle sprain or MCL or ACL surgery or anything like that. He's coming back the same body that left if not he's had a ample time to recover from anything that might have been nagging so it's it's not a uh it's not a situation where you're like oh i wonder how that knee's going to hold up over an 82 game schedule or when things get ramped up or even as you mentioned he's not being airdropped into a february playoff chase or anything like that like he's going to have some time training camp included to work some of the bugs out, work some of the kinks out get it get back to game speed as opposed to being just thrown into the deep end. I think that's going to be important for him. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, an easy, uh, that, that's that's one that I think we can all understand Ian why Marks there's some out. excitement, just knowing how difficult last year was. And the other thing about Huberto, why I, I, I fully understand why there would be lots of people excited what year two is all about for him, is that, okay, it's year one under the new contract, but I just think the way that he has spoken, the way that he has approached things, the way that you know, the way that he has openly admitted how last year was frustrating, but isn't him, and and he feels like a guy who wants to prove that last year was not what he's all about, and is going to be driven by that. So that gives me a lot of optimism on the Huberto front as well. Well, I mean, he's bottomed out. You you'd think you'd hope, like the biggest points drop year over year there's certainly a lot for him to prove there's certainly a, a level of pressure that he's returning to that okay you're, you're now you're in the first year of the big contract now you have to perform you have to get back to more of that point per game guy that you've shown to be over the course of the previous five six seasons in the nhl it can only go one way for jonathan huberto in my books because just yeah. everything went yeah. wrong last season from the production to being put on the right side for a good chunk of time so on and so forth It'll be curious to see how much he rebounds. I don't think it's a case of if he rebounds. For me, it's a yeah. case of how much does he rebound, what's he able to do, both production-wise, but also outside of production, just the eye test about how he's able to generate chances and how the demeanor is and things of that sort, because I think he's coming back highly motivated after last season. This is Sharon Govich and Coronado, and this is uh, Matt Coronado, right wing, still a glaring hole on this roster, more so without Toffoli. The opportunity's there for Coronado to slot into the top six. Uh, I, I, I would actually be pretty surprised if Coronado is not on this team's opening day roster uh, and in the opening day lineup, I think with the lack of right shot scoring threads mm-hmm. and just overall the the lack of, or not lack, but I don't know if 
scoring threats off the wing is where you would point to and say this team is strongest. I think you take a look at their center ice depth, their blue line, but they're they're scoring they're they're, they're scoring uh, options off the wing, not maybe their 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 highest or or their top. Um, trait or attribute. So as a result, I hate wasps so much. I apologize for <laughs> we are out on the patio. My arms um, wildly. Thought you were raving. Could be doing that too. But uh, yeah, I, I think that Coronado's got a really good opportunity to make this team out of camp. And again, I'd be a little surprised if he didn't, especially now that Toffoli is no longer with the team. And I, I know they brought back Sharon Govich, and Sharon Govich has got the ability to play his off wing, but he's still a left shot. And, and we're talking about a natural right shot scorer like Coronado. I think that that really plays into his favor. Yeah, I don't know where necessarily he'd slot in the lineup, at least uh, off the jump. But for me, he's one of my 12 forwards that I've always, whenever we've talked about lines, whether it's on air or off air, this combination, that combination, he's one of my 12, and he is one that's just always been a fixture in my top nine. Again, we've still got a rookie camp, a Penticton, a training camp to go through before he earns the spot, and nothing's necessarily going to be given to him. Mm -hmm. But there's certainly opportunity for he and and a a bunch of the younger guys to make an impact in camp and then stick around with the team into October. This says Adam Rosicka had some brief good chemistry with Lindholm last year. He could surprise with different coaching. Uh, that'd be interesting as well. Cause I think it's fair to say with one year left on his deal, and I know he is an RFA with arbitration rights at the end of the year, but um, I think it's a make-or-break year for Adam Rosicka with the Flames. and uh, This could be a big training camp and a big season ahead for him as well. I'm surprised as, uh, as, as we finish up the conversation. I'm surprised there was not a Jacob Pelche submission i thought there'd be uh, one or two pelche thoughts on the text line so that'll be interesting to see what jacob pelche does uh in his first full season in the nhl because again i think we're all pretty convinced that uh, we're going to be talking about him on the team all season long as well steinberg vickers along with you this hour of flames talk is underway we're here on the patio at veranda veranda of course is the uh restaurant and gathering space idea from burwood's to distilleries and vacay brewing we're out here on the patio an awesome spot the dog friendly patio is where we're sitting at so the uh they've got lawn games they obviously have the incredible craft drinks they've got the great scratch food but the patio is awesome it's dog friendly uh they've got the flow rider the uh new 3.8 percent peach passion fruit berliner vice uh it is if you're a sour fan people are raving about it they've got the passion fruit mojito we uh, tried the raspberry mojito here it's all delicious it's all here at veranda and they're now taking reservations for corporate parties as well and of course the show emanating from our doug lacy's basement systems downtown studio downtown of course worried about radon they install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk to find out more visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate talking your team right now flames talk is on sportsnet 960 the fan all right, it's Steinberg and Vickers along with you on this Friday afternoon. Hopefully you are, uh, or whenever you're listening, but on this Friday, we're coming at you from our uh, great little spot on the veranda patio and uh, happy to welcome in our next guest, wrapping up the hour by chatting with Brent Cron on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Everybody loves Croner, and uh, he joins us now. Hello, pal. How are we doing today? Isn't the veranda a patio? Well, yeah, we're uh, the ver, ver, I, th- I believe that is a word for a patio. Now that you mention that, it's a good point. Never yeah. thought of that. 
A roofed platform sure. along the outside of a house level with the ground floor. Okay. okay. So, kind so of you're, exactly you're, you're, you're at the veranda on the patio. Yeah. We're, we're at the veranda at veranda. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, you know, I, I don't profess to, to, to be an intellectual, but that, uh, that, that word tripped me up there for a second. I wasn't sure if, uh, you know, if I should pick you up at 745 or quarter to eight. I wasn't really, really <laughs> dialed in there. So I, I do appreciate you clearing that up for me. 745 or quarter to eight. I love that. Um, uh, it's good to, it's good to you, have you on. Be, How are you? Before you uh, ask me another question, I got a question for you. Yes, please. So I'm sitting with, uh, you know, uh, dear, both two dear friends. Okay. One of them, one of them is, is a bit, uh, they both have their opinions. One is okay. quite a bit more intelligent. One is quite a bit more intelligent than the other. But uh, the, the less intelligent fella was saying that, uh, and you know how big of an NFL fan I am. Uh-huh. Um, he 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 said, you know, any good NFL fan needs a, a, an AFC team and an NFC team. Um, and I said that was uh, that was bush league. That's weak. a horrible take. And and and, and it lacks integrity. Um, but I was just curious for you, uh, sports people. Uh, what your uh, what your thoughts are? No, no, I don't think you. I don't think you choose a team in each conference. I think you choose your favorite team and cheer for them. What 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 kind of silliness is? You don't get to have. You only you, get one. You don't get to have three favorite teams. And I I, I make fun of our buddy Darren Haynes all the time. Is like, no, you can't have one favorite team in each baseball division. You can have you can have one team. There's really no rules. But no, I. I I, I do not profess to the choose one from each conference school of thought. So I, I am with uh, – it's a rare time I'm with you, Croner. That is Bush League. Wait, and, and, and it is quite funny because my, my retort, you know, not knowing much about football, uh, but, but, also, but having common sense, uh, mm. the conversation came to an abrupt end with him losing very quickly. Uh, and then to, to which even the, these random people that we didn't know chimed in and, and basically – uh, lit him on fire as well. So at the end of the day, you know, potato, potato, it's not a big deal. I was just kind of curious because uh, you know I'm I'm I don't profess to uh, to be uh, to be right all the time, um, and I just wanted to I just wanted to check. That's all. No, you're right on this one. There's no doubt about that. I uh, I thank you for thank you for. Uh, are you on the same page? Do you have? Any? Oh no, yeah. Okay. Like you can only have one. Like I don't even understand the argument for having one in each conference. Like, I don't even know right. what you'd put forth as an effort yep. to defend your position on that. I, I do believe that if you look up the word logic in the dictionary, that, that, that statement of having two, two teams probably wouldn't would be the definition, eh? Probably not. No, Unless, probably again, not. I mean, if you're looking at trying to cover all your bases, maybe, maybe that, that way you can never be upset. If you cheer for every team, then you're always, you're always winning, I guess. But um, it's, uh, I don't know. Does not does not does not hold a lot of water with me. No, it does. It does not. There's no 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 credence there, eh? This is zero. You uh you you have been out and about, and you have been uh, as as the social butterfly that you are. You've been at different events and and such. I'm curious as to like if you picked up the the feel that maybe I, I don't know if it's everybody. I don't know if it's um, universal, but it seems like after how bad last year went for the Calgary Flames, it feels like maybe there's a little bit more optimism, a little bit more positivity surrounding the team. I know you've been at some different events with alumni and and you know people who are fans. 
I'm curious if you've picked up on any of that, of this being maybe a, a more positive vibe and a more excited vibe coming into the season. You know, uh, no, I don't get that vibe from the people that I talk to, just, just the general fans. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I am so proud and privileged to be a part of the Flames alumni. I am so proud to have played for the Hitmen and be a part of the organization at some point in time. Uh, for, for a number of years, but the the uh, the interesting thing is, is the way this this team has operated. For I mean, there's been a lot of familiar people in the organization for a long time, and it's kind of had its ebbs and flows. And every time this team is supposed to be dynamite, they usually let you down. And every time they're supposed to be not as good, they they somehow pick your spirits up. It's dangerous. Um, and with Connie coming in, and, and you know a bunch of changes in the front office and behind the bench. Um, I personally am optimistic, you know, with the turmoil in, in terms of free agency and, 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 you know, guys, certain core or key guys, maybe not necessarily core, uh, having a year left on their deal. Um, there could be a lot more coming down the pipe here too, right? And, and so if people are just excited to have hockey back, you know, I, I, I've read comments and, and, and frustrations uh, from uh, – from uh, you know uh, certain people on, on Twitter in terms of the Flames not doing a whole bunch, what's going out, what's coming in, but I think it was a, a, yep. you, you don't want to overreact. You don't want to make a move for the sake of making a move. I mean, we you know was it uh, last summer when Gaudreau left and Chuck left, and you know we brought in uh, when I say we, I mean the Flames brought in uh, Huberto and, and with Weger, and you know you, you wonder sometimes is that an emotional move because people just you know, dropped off the face of the earth, staples to the organization. You're going to bring guys in. You want to look good. Everything, the cadre comes in too. Everything's fine. Um, but this, this year will be, will be the, the tell all in, in my opinion. You know, Huberto had a terrible year last year. Awful. He's garbage. Marsham couldn't make, uh, the, the first save in most games or key saves in third periods when it counted. You, you have a goaltender that can go out there and actually make saves when it counts, which Markstrom can do. He, they, he's a, he's an NHL starter. The guy's awesome, but he had a terrible year last year. Yeah. So you you factor you, you you factor that in. You know, um, Kadri was up and down, and you know, Weger really came on at the end of the year, and and you know, I got a lot of faith in that guy. I think he's tremendous. I, I really do. I, I like him a ton. Um, so for me, people that I talk to that uh, you know, very pessimistic, negative, uh, and and basically just true Flames fans because you're just. You're waiting for the shoe to kind of drop. It's like, you know, right. it, it's, it's a curse if they're going to, you know, on paper, they're one of the best teams in the league. Like last year, they were ranked so high, they should have won the Stanley Cup. And and so everybody's kind of got that expectation. Well, they're going to be great. And they were they were awful. But, like, when I say awful, it's just that they didn't miss the playoffs by a whole lot, right? The last time I counted, it wasn't by – they didn't uh, fall off the They missed by two good. points when it was all said. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's what? It's one more save from, from or two more saves from Markstrom at a key point in time. It's Huberto scoring, you know, a couple more, or getting a couple more assists as opposed to getting whatever it was, 55 points or whatever he got last year. It's just little things like that to get in. Things change. So that's the thing with, with, with pro sports in general. It's your, 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 your own fans are the hardest on you because they care the most. And, and last year was a disappointment. It was a failure. But now we have a brand new season to look forward to. And I can't imagine that, uh, Markstrom is going to be as leaky as he was. I can't imagine Huberto is going to be as uh, he, 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 the cement has gone out of his gloves. I would imagine. I'm sure Kadri is, is going to be a bit more uh, excited because he's got a long term deal. He's 
you know, there's, there's changes behind the bench and whatever. You can say what you want. People are soft these days anyway. And, you know, Daryl's style of coaching obviously didn't resonate with the group. And now there's changes. Now, now who's, the onus is on who? Well, it's on the players. So now, okay, you got what you wanted. So now deliver. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think with the expectation being mediocre for them this year, I, we all want them to do tremendous. But there's a sour taste in everybody's mouth from last season. So everybody's just going to be bitter and negative and say, oh, they're going to be garbage again this year and blah, 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 we need this guy to do this. The Flames will be just fine. They'll get into the playoffs this year. They'll get into the first round and see what happens after that. But I think, I mean, they have a team. Everybody's got a team every year to to do it. And I think the Flames are, 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 are better off than most in terms of, uh, you know, to, to Foley goals. Good. Who wants to sign that? He's a good player, but he had a career year at, what, 30 years old. He goes signs a monster deal in New Jersey. See you later. Because that's going to be a horrible contract in four years, or whatever, two years, or next year, whatever. He, he he's been around for a while. He's, like I said, he's not a number one or first line player, right? He's the mm-hmm. second guy. He's he's important, and I'm not saying he's a bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's he's not he's he's, he's not. But the Flames made him made the right choice in, in moving on from him, and that's and what not, I respect. And not signing him to a long term deal. What right. have you? Yeah, have you? Uh, have you ever been in a spot where? You know, because you, you, you talk about it, there's there's a little bit more just with, with Daryl Sutter no longer being here and with Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska being uh, now at the helm, seems like maybe there's a little bit more positivity behind closed doors. Uh, have you ever been in a spot where it's gone from miserable to positive or, or when you've had a miserable year and, and it's no fun to come to the rink and that manifests itself on the ice? Have you got any personal anecdotes that, uh, that you can share in that respect? Well, you, you know, it just, when I was, the first thing that just comes to mind off the top of my head, because you do like to put me on the spot every once in a while, and I usually come up with, with, uh, with blanks, but with Dean Clark was our head coach. <laughs> Dean Clark was our head coach in Calgary. We were for the Hitman, and we were we were really good hockey club, and then we started to tail off, and they brought in Rich Crom, and, and and you know Dean was kind of on his way out, and they brought in Rich Crom, who was a good guy, but but there wasn't necessarily negativity around it, but we were kind of a fading hockey club. They brought in somebody else to come in and try and turn things around. It didn't really work, and 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 it's it's, it's crazy how much you know you, you you talk to players, and they say you know we don't pay attention to the media and. You know, we worry about things that are internal, and we we're in charge of our own destiny. And just like, we don't like, you know, the coaches. Everybody's kind of politically correct, and everything. Everybody says the right things. Um, but you 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 look at how many coaches the Flames have had in the last what ten years. I mean, and and once again, I'm not going to make you call up those stats for 15 years. But there's it's not every every three years there's a new coach in this organization, or less. Everybody says, or right. And you're like, okay, well, you know, this is our guy. You know, he's positive. We really like him. You know, he plays music during practices. Where it's all like we're all ten years old playing minor hockey again. This is this is the best. And and then you get a jerk that comes in and makes you accountable, and everybody gets grumpy. And then they bring in Fun Bobby to come back and coach you. And it's like, okay, hey, this is hey, this is great. Up down, up down, up down. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, it's up to the players. And now you're to the point where the core, like the Monahans, the Gaudreaux, the Kachucks, the all those guys, they're. they're They've moved on, and there's a new core here, and now there's a new coach. And I think it's a good – honestly, this, this to me, I think this is going to turn out just well. But, uh, but, but the, the, the uh, internally, when it comes to organizations of who's doing what, it's like your, your coach is not your buddy. 
And when I was, when I got loaned out to, uh, to for, the Florida Panthers one year, I was playing in San Antonio and they had a bunch of coaching changes and I was there for three months. And the guys that went up to the, to the NHL to assistant coach and came back down to head coach and back and forth, it's just, there's guys that coaches have their guys, players have their coaches, but at the end of the day, players got to play and that, that's the bottom line. And I think this year, I don't think they got to figure it out, but I think they got the best chance here to, to kind of turn the ship around and, and be a lot more consistent to be a, to be a, a competing team. We're chatting with Brent Cron. He is our uh, NHL goaltending analyst and a whole lot more. Joining us here this hour of Flamestock. Got time, got time for uh, one more uh, One more with Croner, Mr. Vickers. It wouldn't be a Brent Cron-Aaron Vickers conversation if I didn't ask you about Jacob Markstrom. So in your opinion, from your perspective, what will be his biggest challenge in bouncing back? Is it something on the mental side of things? What is the key to unlocking the guy we saw maybe two years ago or even the guy that's just a – career 912 save percentage guy how does he get back to that so uh, my disclaimer is the fact that i don't know jacob marston personally right i don't know him so so everything i'm about to say is just on what i've seen over the years of him being in calgary like most guys he's hardest on himself right you, you know jacob marston is a competitor you know that uh you, you can see him on the ice how emotional he can get when things aren't going his way or you know how you know how you know how emotional he can get when things are going well, and and so having a guy like Daryl. I mean, if you think you're hard on yourself, and then you have a coach that's as demanding as Daryl. Sometimes it it, it it's, it's a compound effect, and you can beat yourself up even more. And coming to the rink isn't fun, but winning solves everything. I think this year he's got he's got something to prove. He had a bad year last year. He'd be the first one to admit it. There's a new coach in place. That I mean, I I, I don't really know Husky from a from a hole in the ground. I know he's got tenure with the Flames. He's been in the minors coaching and, you know, guys like him. There's a lot of there's good reports. But I think just having that where Markstrom is is, is going to hold himself accountable, I think he'll have a bounce back here. I don't even think he's even stressed out about anything. I, I think him coming to the season, he's excited. He, he, he's driven. He's hungry. And and all his, his, his weaknesses from last year, his, his uh, inconsistency, I do believe will be solved, and uh, you know, it may be take a couple games or, or, or whatever first ten games of the year to get it ironed out. I I don't believe that to be the case. I think all that stuff between the years is solved with uh, uh, the, the the poor performance last year, new coach this season, and it'll be a different approach. and And I think he'll be just fine. I honestly do. I think he, he he'll he'll mm. be back to what he was two years ago. Uh, stay on the line, my friend, but, uh, cause we, we have, we on you, the air? No, 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 we're not doing that again. Uh, for now though, uh, thank you, Croner. Brent Cron joining us here as we wrap up this hour of flames talk. He joined us on the Atlas Pizza and sports bar guest hotline. Uh, Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers, Cam and Taylor, our producers and Atlas pizza is the 15 time consumers choice award winner at 6060 Memorial drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344.